everybody. Hey. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spoiler Alert by Fanservice Apparel. I'm Janae. And I'm Nick, and this is episode 19. 19, almost hitting 20. Yeah. I just want to say hello, everybody. I've missed you. Um, the last couple episodes, Nick has decided to take solo, and it was awesome to hear his thoughts. Um, but I'm back now, and we did take a little bit of a break. I'm sure you noticed. Sorry about that. Um, we had the holidays. Then we traveled, and then we got the coronavirus. But we're doing just fine now. Everyone's yeah. healthy and happy and mm-hmm. good. Um, so it, but that did uh, put a delay on things. We didn't feel yeah. much like doing a podcast when we were recovering. Yeah. Um, but here we are, and we certainly have binge watched a lot of things <laughs> yes, during have. all of that time. Yes, we have. Um, for example, Seinfeld. Yes. We have we started from oh, the very man. first pilot episode and, and now we're on season nine. Yeah. We're in the We're getting close to like all of it. We're yeah. Which is interesting. <laughs> Janae has never watched Seinfeld before. This is probably my Well, no, no, that's not true. I've watched lots of Seinfeld before. Okay, I've sorry. never watched it in order. Okay. Like this. There's, like and... it's more like when it was on TV. Mm-hmm. I'd catch an episode out of order, random, no context. I get you. You know, they'd rerun the the really funny ones the that everybody shirt, knows. Puffy shirt, soup, soup Nazi. Nazi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's like now I'm seeing the whole story arc. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of sitcoms, especially from back then, maybe not so much anymore, but... Back then, when they kind of counted on the fact that you were only going to catch episodes here and there, maybe, the overall arc wasn't, like, always so crucial, but it is really great to watch a show like this now and get that, all of that, you know, to understand the the backstory of things. Because then you get more of the jokes that way, too, because sometimes they make little little jokes for the people who have been watching the whole time. Yeah, there's a lot of richness that comes through when you're watching the later seasons, having watched it in order. Yes. Spongeworthy. <laughs> just... Yes, that's a great one. That is a great one. There's so yes, so it's been really really fun. Um, you know, we've watched a lot of Psych as well. Yeah, um, a lot of. Psych. It's it that show still holds up. Oh, I have to say, it does. You know, not a lot of shows from the early two thousands I can watch now without feeling like, eh. But this one, Psych, is one that it's still funny. It's still good. The episodes are still, like, yeah. enticing mysteries where... And, and it's funny because you'll, I, at least for me, you'll have an episode where you're like, oh, I remember this one. And then you're like, oh, I don't remember you're how like, it ended. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, I remember so, this, but who did it? I yeah, don't so remember. Even though it's familiar, mm-hmm. it's it's still new. Right, um, yes. I like that show. That uh, show had such a profound impact on... My childhood. Yeah. I, I binge watched that show when it first came out. I know, yeah. And I feel like um, maybe even shaped some of your humor a little bit too. Probably. Reference based humor, <laughs> I think. Reference based humor, <laughs> yes. Um, um, and there's, there's a lot of references in that show sometimes where I'm just like, I have no idea what that is because it goes quick. Like, quick. What's interesting is that I remember re- watching something when the show was on that said that, you know, they were kids. They they were almost they were too young, uh, to be referencing things from the eighties as they were referencing them, unless they were kids that were watching like reruns, you know, because they mm. weren't. They no, were the f- that first season. They're in their twenties, and it's in the 
2000, it's like 2006 in the first season, I think. Yeah, so they would have been, they would have been very yeah. little. yeah. In the 80s. Right. But they reference a lot of pop culture from the 80s that would have been, you know, kids that were maybe like 11 or maybe like 15. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they they were on the younger side. I remember remember somebody did like a very in-depth analysis on like, this reference is from this show, which would have been on when he was this age. and, And it was so, but yeah, I think even more so for us, a lot of those references, if they're early 80s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's true because most episodes of Psych, uh, maybe all of them, now maybe not all, but most, start, start with, with a flashback, flashback of Sean as a little one. kid. I think the early ones And it's did. like, it says, we'll say like 1987, and he's like a little boy, like an elementary age boy at mm-hmm. the end of the 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, either, I mean, I guess you could make the case that he was watching some stuff, but... Probably they, he was raised by his dad, who was a cop, and, you yeah. know, had, it was just him and his buddy, and... Yeah, if anybody is remembers what I'm talking about, please comment and let us know, because I, I, there was something that talked about the references and the timeline of them. That's really cool. Um, but anyways, all that to say, we have been watching a lot of older stuff yeah. uh, as we've been recovering, but we've also been watching The Book of Boba Fett. Yes. And we have some thoughts. We do. Now, um, if you really, really love the book of Boba Fett, um, first of all, I'm sorry for the things we're going to say about it because you're Mm -hmm. probably going to disagree with us. Um, Spoiler alert, we're not big fans of the show Mm -hmm. as of right now. No. Um, There's still room to change, but that's that's where we're at with it right now. Um, But also, if you do love it, I would really like to hear why. Like, genuinely. Um, I'm not, like, being... (laughs) Like, yeah, well, why do you even like it? No, I really do want to know because yeah. I'm bummed that I don't like it more. Yeah, I was re- I was ready for a companion piece to The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, me too. I was ready to fall in love with this, be really yeah. excited about this legacy character. And, you know, I, I think I brought this up maybe on when we were watching an episode. I was getting some Ginny Weasley vibes. Where right she was cast. So explain explain what you mean. Bonnie Wright yes was, was cast as as Ginny, and she was she had one line. She had one line, so mm-hmm. it was not very crucial how good of an actress she was. And then this character got expanded and became somebody that had more lines, and that's not really how they cast it. And, and the actress stayed in the role as she became. And all of a sudden, it's like this, this 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 person who was not a very good actress has to carry a lot bigger of a character, and it really ends up falling short. And I think maybe that happened somewhat with this, where uh, the actor that plays Boba Fett works really well in an ensemble cast when there are other big heavy hitters, and he's just kind of like this strong silent type now i so what i don't know this actor well i know he's from new zealand i know obviously Um, he was jango fett in mm um episode two right and he also did um i know he did a a voiceover in moana as moana's dad i'm pretty sure i think i think he was moana's dad okay um yeah there were a lot of like uh new zealand actors Polynesian actors, mm-hmm. you know, other like indigenous people, actors to do voices okay. um, for that, for Moana, which is really cool. And he was in that. That's all I know him from. 
I don't really know if he's done a lot of other stuff. Um, it just feels like it feels like he's playing one one criticism is that it feels like he's playing that strong silent type still, and now mm-hmm. there isn't a big ensemble to kind of kind of help sh- share the load. And it's feeling very flat because we're just getting, we're not getting a lot from him. And when we do get something, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel quite right. You know, like, I don't know what that moment where he was like talking to the, about the Rancor and he's like, and, and the Trejo, Danny Trejo is like, they're majestic or something. And, and, you know, the witches of whatever used to ride them. And he's like, I will learn to ride it. And I'm like, Am I supposed to be feeling something right now? Is this supposed to be like a really big like wow moment? Because this just feels like community theater. Like these two guys are not really giving each other a lot to work off of. Mm. And I didn't feel any kind of wow that he's going to learn to ride the Rancor. I'm like, great. Like it's almost like, sure, if if Boba Fett, it was like if if we had known, if this were like a prequel story and mm-hmm. We, Boba Fett is someone who rides a Rancor, and we're seeing this is where he first bonds with that character. Like, it had, like, that kind of weight, but that's not the case. No, and again, I I, I was waiting, I'm, like, looking around thinking, am I supposed to be having a different reaction at this scene? Because to me, this just feels like a really dry scene. And I guess that's the, t- most of the tone is very dry feeling. Yeah. Um, And then... Uh, you know, another criticism, when he's in, I'm just going to say Jabba's Palace, uh, that kind of main room where he's sitting in the chair. And he's, like, thrown. Yeah, yeah. That feels like a fan film that was made on an old set because there's no atmosphere. There's no, like, I, I, I get it in the story why he doesn't have, I don't know what you'd call it, like, people in his court. A posse or whatever, yeah, right? You know, like, just a, like the, a yeah. crew. Yeah, like, a, or not even a crew, but, like... Jabba's palace had like a court, you know. You had yeah, people, that's true. It was full of people. full of people. There was a kinetic nefarious energy, nefarious people, people, people like lounging and laughing, and all those alcoves yeah. were mm-hmm. filled. And I, I again, I understand that they're not there, but to not have them there, where you have this guy that's not really giving you a lot, excuse me, as a character. It's starting to feel really empty mm-hmm. from a, from a character perspective, from a from a set dressing perspective, not set dressing, but from a you know composition. No, it's perspective. true, and I think we've all probably watched a uh, a fan film, Star Wars film um, or two. There's so many out there, and there's people who do it for fun, and, like, and that's, you they know, put a decent budget in it and stuff. But again, it still can't feels pay for the people. If that's you, like that's, that's like what you see. You see down. like two people sitting in a in a cool set that they were able to find, but that's it. That's it. And that is your, I do agree with you that it does kind of feel that way. And yes, it makes sense. So like that, yes, we know that we know it makes sense. Um, I don't know. I think that the parts I've enjoyed the most are his flashback dreams in the back to tank where he's with the sand people with the with the tuscans and there's yeah. been no dialogue in those scenes which like, is great but they're which, they're powerful scenes yeah, are really but he's good not, he's kind of feeding off of the character work of the <coughs> excuse of, me of the 
of the sand people. You know what I mean? Like that that shows the dynamic that's supposed to work, which is why I think we like those more. It's it's he is kind of one of the many characters that mm-hmm. we are learning about and there's more stakes. Mm-hmm. There is there's just more going on and I almost wonder if this wasn't meant to be cut together this way, this back and forth, but when they put it together in order and they said, okay, these first couple episodes are going to be his 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 kind of like comeback, and then boom, these last couple are going to be his everyday life. It was really really good, and then it just fell flat. And they they thought, oh, okay, we're gonna cut it together because I I get the the story kind of uh, the plot device of this back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really feel like it's adding a lot. It's not really making the story richer. You're right, because every episode has these flashbacks, and it's yeah. not a two-minute scene. It's the majority of the episode, I think. Yeah, the, Half, modern, maybe, the modern stuff but... seems to be really kind of dialed back. Um, like, so, the, you mean present day? Present day, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I, again, I'm wondering if, if maybe the, the too much of the present day, when it was all kind of cut together really didn't and and this whole thing with like the pikes and this like there's a war i mean i can get with that like i can get with that star too, wars but, has always had kind of like but, a tone of political no i like and that. you know but again the all those guys sitting on the thing uh, all those like syndicate bosses or the not yeah when they have this table this meeting table. And... That, again it, the stakes didn't feel high to me I was, you know, I didn't, I don't know if it was... You're right, because it seems to just be that the Pikes want the territory for spice. Because they're spice runners and they're, they just want the territory. Right? But That's I just, what I'm getting. I, but I just, I didn't feel the tension between him and the other people where they're like, will you join me? Don't stand in my way. Like, let's come to an agreement. I wanted like a, you know, like a Tony Soprano level of like, I am carrying... The mantle here. Mm-hmm. This is what's gonna happen. Who's gonna and, Who's gonna and, stick to their and, word? Who's gonna back out? Who's gonna, yeah? Something but, but a little like, more interesting. Yeah, with like Sopranos or with like Succession. Uh, you know, you watch those shows, and at their core, they're they're. I mean, Sopranos is a little bit different, but um, more with Succession. Most of the scenes are just people in a room talking like there's nothing crazy going on there's no special effects there's people it's in the room action it's not no, yeah it is just people talking which on paper can seem pretty boring but they find a way with the acting with the camera work with you know the dialogue to really build something that puts you at the edge of your seat with two people in a room so and this is people in space like <laughs> like you have all the tools in front of you to make this like super high tension mob bosses meeting type of and thing. And see, I thought we were and gonna I, get that. And I, and I felt like it, that scene was just like, why should we listen to you? I want to rule with peace. You're like, okay, this again. Oh, the rancor. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I don't know. It just. I, again. Okay, and I thought we were gonna get this power dynamic, interesting thing with the Hut twins. Yeah. I, but and it, then they they came, they were like, "Oh, don't mess with us. We got, we got a decree. We've got assassins. 
We've got a whole thing. We've got a scary Wookiee. And then, and then, like, what is it? The next episode, they're like, all right, never mind. All is good. Bye. Our people are going to carry us away now. Oh, and the Wookiee can just be a dude. And then they're like, oh, somebody else wants this land. And I think it's going to be like the Pikes is going to be a red herring. Pun intended, because they're like fish <laughs> That was good. That was good. For Crimson Dawn, and we're going to get <coughs> What's-Her-Face from Solo show up at the end. That's my, like... No, yeah. I mean, maybe. That's I, my I was feeling. excited at the end of this last episode that we got kind of a Mandalorian cliffhanger. That we were like, he's going to come into this show now. Gosh, I hope so. They played his cue. They hinted mm-hmm. about it. I mean... I, th- I don't know how or why, but, you know, I think we're going to get some of that. And that's going to help know. liven things up. I will also tell you my biggest gripe mm-hmm. with this show mm-hmm. is the fact that we have not one, but two motorcycle gangs. Yeah. This the first feels one the... so out of place in the, this universe. The first one it on drives the... me nuts. I, I remember, you know, distinctly that that you know the there was like a rule that like nothing in Star Wars can feel like anything up from our world like it it just has to be it's just different right the the speeder bikes and the biker gang i didn't like but i could move past that well they even called them a speeder bike gang, gang. and i'm like you're uh, saying a biker gang. That's not a and thing and they're wearing like leather jackets leather jacket with patches on the back i'm just like what and then so you get that I'm I'm mad about that I forgot what that what that speeder uh, bike gang is yeah, called I don't, know. I don't know what they're called um the ones with the symbol who he like beat up in the bar which was also very anticlimactic I was like ooh here we go we got like a fight scene in a bar and then it just was like no nope, never mind it's yeah. done um and then you get these stupid <laughs> cyber punk cyber cyborg dudes eighties with, with like kids. floating vespas. With, with the, a million mirrors with the on mirrors them. mirrors that, that's like reminiscent of like a... And bright colors and like they've a, got you, 80s like a, haircuts. Like a British punk scene with the, with the when they had the Vespas. I hate it. With other, I hate it. I it, hate it. It just was... It felt like it was way too... De- like con- Not contemporary, but like real. Like we've like, got this main girl in this gang with her like 80s shag haircut... Tons of black eyeliner, like a leather vest. They have Vespas. They have floating she, Vespas. I know. They're not even, tri- like, I, I have not seen. In, it, like, oh, candy you know, it's also, colors. Yeah, in candy colors, which everything in Star Wars was supposed to be, like, old and, like, really ratty and just, like, it's, like, old tech. It's, like, worn in, you know, well-worn. Yeah. Also, this is supposed to be, like, a garbage nothing planet we have never seen anybody with anything interesting on episode one when they arrived in that like federation ship or whatever that was like chromed out it like blew everybody's mind because it's like that's not what's around here and really we hadn't seen anything since because it was such a it was such an outer rim planet no tatooine why we know we all are familiar with tatooine so much that to see this like why drives me crazy this these people belong on like a a bigger planet naboo maybe a not even Naboo. Well, maybe like Naboo I don't know. Now. I don't know. But Naboo they... is what what we've seen of it is more like Renaissance. 
just the colors, like the the cherry. Oh yes, like yeah. the like the candy coating paint. Blue, for, red, for like, a dusty yeah. outer rim planet, to me makes little. No- How did they get that paint? I don't Where know. they get like, excuse me, like everything in Star Wars feels very repurposed and worn in, and these speeder bikes seem purpose built. The rearview mirrors, I haven't seen little like actual Vespa rearview mirrors like that on anything. They don't really use mirrors like that, no, and somehow it ju- it doesn't look like uh, Star Wars. It looks like uh, and then at the end of that fight scene, the, that guy crashes into those those fruits the, like Back oh. to the Future with the. No, I hated it when the oh when the gosh. one guy went through the painting, and I was like, "Are are we kidding? This is like total Wayne's World kind of reference. <laughs> it's just such a trope. The whole chase scene. Let's move this painting. I was like, oh, I know. oh no, I just. Oh, it it's driving me crazy. I'm and at, during that entire chase, I was sitting there like, mouth open, hands up in the air, going, "What is happening? What is the tone of this show? Because is it very very serious and people are dying and or is it like goofy? I'm I'm driving my scooter through a painting. Yeah, I want. Yeah. See, book uh, Mandalorian was very much a western, and it was well done as a western. Book of Boba Fett, with the crime, you know. What is the tone of this show? I wanted, I, I I assumed, I guess incorrectly, that the tone would be like a mob show. It would be Sopranos, but in space because he's taking over. Like this crime family, yeah, and he's got like little people now, right, in different carrying like different sections, and Mm -hmm. somebody's coming in on their turf, and then you know you could probably have like some kind of connection like you would in Sopranos with like New York interfering with Jersey, and like he's over here, and you got some bigger guy, like this was this was so ready to be a Sopranos type mob show as a companion to the western show it it would have been such an easy tone and yet yeah we have this like and they're all there's already essentially their version of drugs spice right that could be that alone just like spice dealings and territory like that makes it an interesting show alone and they're not using that to the full it's and i'm disappointed because Mm -hmm. i really wanted to like this because really Boba Fett is cool. It is cool. And I don't know. I like that we saw how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. I mean, that was cool. It was kind of crazy when we went back and I was like, there's about to be a jump scare. There's about to be a jump scare. Oh, yeah. I'll buy, I'll oh, just... I, thought, I thought it was crazy when you watched that and you're like, this is like uh, Patton Oswalt in Parks and Rec. This is exactly like he, remember? Uh-uh. Yeah, that, that episode of Parks and Rec where the Patton Oswalt's character in the show is like in a city council meeting talking about his fan fiction about how Boba Fett survives the Sarlacc pit. Oh! <laughs> and people have people online have lined up that the the beginning of this show with him talking, <coughs> and it's almost like shot for shot what he had described no in his fan way. fiction like almost ten years ago now. Oh my gosh! Yes. I love that. It's almost like they started with that, and then they're like, "How do we build a show around that?" <laughs> um, but anyways, I hope I hope it's better. I hope the rest is better. I hope so too. I I mean, obviously we're we're still going to watch it. 
We're still going to watch it. We're still going to watch it. We're going to stick with it. Um, yeah, we are. I'm waiting for the Harry Potter movies now. Harry or Potter. The, sh- I mean, I feel like that's going to be just in talks for a long Wizarding time. Wizarding World movie for HBO. I don't know. They're they're really trying to move past the original book series and I think they're trying to move somewhat past J.K. Rowling and if they come up with these kind of like adjacent movies, mm-hmm. you know, I'd watch that. Yeah. Um anyways, I I yeah, I think those are that's it. that's everything we have to say about the show. That um, is. That's well, and that we're just hopeful that it gets better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Another thing we have watched that I'm sure all of you have probably watched by now is Encanto. Oh, yes. And this, now this movie, I think we do need to take a little minute and talk about it. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about Bruno, but we do talk about Encanto. (laughs) Um, This movie, I initially saw a lot of criticism right off the bat. The first reviews that came out like when it premiered the movie reviewers the yeah. you know had a lot of negative to say yeah but the as people have watched it yeah and are resonating with it it's having this like slow rise to popularity instead of the normal like disney like boom big success yeah. and you know what i recall is frozen having the same kind of thing did it really i feel like it Came out in theaters at first, and everybody's like, yeah, I don't know. And then it was like people started going, hey, wait, no, I loved it. You should see it. Yeah, you should see it. Should I see it? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Mm. And then there was kind of this slow success, which is interesting, too, because um, uh, we don't talk about Bruno. Uh It it reached higher on the charts than Let It Go did. Yeah. Um, Which really is... Amazing. So you've got the genius of Lin-Manuel Miranda, and Mm -hmm. you just can't go wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that maybe the movie critics, movie reviewers, who had the first stab at it after premieres... Mm -hmm. We're all old abuelitas. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) And and they just didn't get it, and they're like, I don't know about this movie. Or they were people who... um, I mean, they've just lived a different life. They've maybe... They maybe have lived a life of privilege, of family security, of things where they see this movie and they don't relate. And they're, they, like, the one of the biggest things I saw was, like, people were like, there are plot holes. There are plot holes in this movie. I'm left with questions. There's, what is her gift? What happens in the end with this and that? And it's like, but that isn't what the movie's about to yeah. me. Yeah, which, which to me further cements the idea that this is actually a Broadway musical that is I fully dis- agree. That is disguised. That was animated first before that, being cast on a stage. <laughs> exactly, but it the way that the songs progress the story, the story itself, mm-hmm. uh, this screams to me Broadway because Broadway has and the amount of lead characters. There are so many leads. It, again, it's 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 like it was it, it was designed to be on Broadway, mm-hmm. and that first song from that first song. Um, where we have like the little kids that are talking to her because they're kind of the voice of the audience asking the questions. Yes. I'm like, okay, wait a second. Yeah, this is a mu- This is this is a Broadway a production. Real musical. I'm watching a Broadway. <laughs> it's not just a movie with music. It is a musical. musical. It is a musical musical, and 
I, that yeah, from that point on, I was like, oh, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm starting to see it in a different way, mm-hmm. and the and just the fact that yeah, within the first, I don't know, twenty five thirty minutes in a normal Disney movie, you're like, oh, we have our story. We know what the beats are going to be, and mm-hmm. we're we're on our path forward. This mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. this is the path we're taking. In this movie, you know, twenty five minutes in or so, you're like, I still don't really know what this movie's about. I yeah. don't know what the Who's major. Who's the bad guy? What's, what's the conflict? What's the what are the what's the conflict? It is not as straightforward what's as what's going to be the rising action that's going to be leading us to a conflict with who right. or what. It's oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that, which is not typical for a like Disney movie exactly. with music, but it is more common in a Broadway musical, right? Right. Um, like cats that suck. <laughs> like cats. Well, <laughs> there story. you go. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, not a great comparison, actually. It's but exact. It's like almost identical. <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh. Anyways, no, but I think the more important message of this movie is not about not about the hitting those beats of mm-hmm. a typical Disney mm-hmm. movie. It's not about black and white good and bad and the the you know bad guy gets defeated and good wins in the end like that's not it at all this entire movie is a metaphor and it's bringing up important points about generational family trauma exactly and and, and really as long as that beat is hit really everything else it was is serving that purpose so if there are plot holes it didn't matter because it it didn't need to happen in service of that theme. That right. theme is what this movie is about. Yes. Um, which is, I love again. I I love that too. It's so not straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that in it's in, true. A, in a day where we in a day and age where we have a lot that is very straightforward. This really like made you think. Um, and you almost had to play catch up if you were rating for like a Finding Nemo where like the beats mm-hmm. are very spelled out for mm, you. Sure. You weren't going to get that. Right. Um, no, it's yeah. not. It's not the hero's journey. It's not um, boy meets girl falls in love. You yeah, know, nah. it's not like uh, it's none of those things. It's not a princess story. It's not. It's something different. And it's really beautiful. It it's is. really beautiful. And I also feel like it's it's one of those movies that. Deserves a second watch. It does. It does. So if you watched it once and you weren't sure. Watch it again. Watch it again. Watch it again. Yeah. And in my opinion, the most unrealistic part of that movie is the grandmother coming around at the end of the movie. (laughs) Because I don't know if you know old Spanish women, but (laughs) they don't turn on a dime like that. That I was. They that, don't say sorry. I was like, wait a second. Now this is a fantasy movie. <laughs> You're like, I was okay with the dancing donkeys. The this dance, is yeah, ridiculous. The lady picking up the church. That's fine. <laughs> Latin grandmother coming around on her mistakes. No, Never gonna happen. No, no, no. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, that's funny. That was a, that was a stretch. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, I think um, that about sums it up. This yeah. was great. We're glad to be back, and we're glad back to have you guys it. back. Keep an eye out. In uh, the coming weeks, we're going to have some new merch coming out and um, kind of a new cadence, a new schedule to how we get merchandise out, hoping to get stuff out more regularly yeah. to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, 
Check us out, fanserviceapparel.com. And may I suggest Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. uh, if you and mm-hmm. your significant other mm-hmm. love WandaVision, get some matching Wanda Ooh. and Vision hats. Or or um, the keychain right. with the, the heart. The keychain with the heart makes a good gift. Yes. We wore our matching Wanda and Vision hats when we go to Disneyland. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we also, if you're a Laura Olympus fan couple, yeah. we have Underworld Con mugs, one in Persephone Pink and one in Hades Blue. You can yes. have matching coffee mugs. And if you are single and proud of it, you can get yourself an I'm not single, I'm waiting for Thor, or I'm saving yeah, myself for, for Thor, Thor shirt, oh, which we have. What a great shirt to wear on Valentine's Day right? if you're single. <laughs> that is so, that's phenomenal. Now would be a great time to place those orders so that mm-hmm. you have it in time. Oh, I yeah. just wanted to put those ideas in your head. There's a lot of other stuff too. Um, we have a yeah. really cute Minnie Mouse dress that would be adorable for a date if you're looking for a cute dress to wear on a date. Minnie Mouse inspired. It's retro. It's mod. It's got uh, it's red with white polka dots. Yeah. I'm we, really proud of that design. Personally. We also have a lot of. Um, just companion fan merch. So yeah. if you guys want to like both have a fandom that you like together, you can have different pieces. Absolutely. And kind of it's kind of like a more abstract couples costume, you know. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So when you love someone, you know what they love, what their fandoms mm-hmm. are, and you support their crazy fandoms by getting them a bunch of merch because it's fun and it will make them happy. So you can find that with fan service apparel. <laughs> so check it out. All right, everybody. I uh, can't wait to chat with you next week. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.